0: G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast on this Wednesday, the 16th of February 2022. Darren Mitchell here and this is the first episode for this week. Uh, Hump Day today had a very, very exciting and uh, enthralling and very engaging two-day workshop with a group of amazing leaders Monday and Tuesday when uh, I was very, very fatigued after each of each day. So uh, no podcast until this morning. And uh, Plus, added to that, my daughter was uh, turning 22 yesterday, so happy birthday, Kiralee, for yesterday. Not that you'll be listening to the podcast, but I'm putting it out there anyway. Happy birthday, kid. Hope you enjoyed your day. So Before we jump into today's episode, just a quick reminder. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show or haven't yet followed the show, please press subscribe on the platform you're listening to, or if you're on the Apple platform, make sure you press the little three dots in the top right-hand corner, of your device, probably because you're listening to this on a mobile device, then uh, just press follow and that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to rumble. And of course, if you can also rate the show and be so kind as to give me some comments around the show, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, but most importantly, if you can rate the show, it makes it a little easier for the little algorithm fairies to do their work so when people are looking for information on sales and sales leadership it is a lot easier to find on the various podcast platforms but particularly the Apple platform got no idea how it works but they tell me that the uh, the more people that rate a show the more optimized it is and the easier it is to find when people are searching all those keywords so that's uh that's the first part as I always do in every first episode of the week. So thanks for joining. If you're brand new to the show, greatly appreciate you jumping by. And of course, if you are a regular listener to the show, always appreciate your feedback and very much appreciate you listening into the show. So let's get into it. In today's episode, I want to talk about is your focus on creating raving fans. Now, I start this one with a question, and I asked this of a group of leaders the last couple of days, and that is, why did you, why did you become a leader? What was it that prompted you to become a leader? And particularly if you're a sales leader, why are you a sales leader? Now, what's interesting about that question is often when I ask it, people are not quite sure as to what the real reason is as to why they decided to be a leader. Sometimes they just simply tapped on the shoulder, as I've always talked about. They've been a phenomenal salesperson or a great individual contributor. And somebody has said, wow, you are phenomenal at what you do. So therefore, you must be automatically in a position to be a great leader as well. So we will anoint you. We will put you in a position of leadership, in a position of influence, and in some cases, a position of power, which, by the way, is a double-edged sword. And we'd like you to go and teach your team on how you became successful. And I believe and we believe that you will just, that'll just rub off on the team. So they'll be equally successful as you are. Uh, Doesn't happen. In fact, it very, very rarely happens. And we've seen so many cases, whether it be in business and certainly in sport, Often the greatest players don't make the great coaches, and often when you look back, it was the not-so-great players or the players that had to struggle to get a game and to remain on the team that often became the greatest coaches. And One of the reasons for that is not so much the the skill level, but the mindset they had to develop, the strategies they had to develop, and the work they had to do on themselves in terms of making the transition from being a player or an individual contributor into a leader and therefore an influencer. So the first question I want you to think about is why did you become a leader? Now, if you're not a leader right now and you're listening to this as an individual contributor and perhaps you have an aspiration at some stage to become a leader, then think about this question in a different context. Why do you want to become a leader? Now, what keeps you uh, what keeps you engaged and what keeps you energized? When you think about the leaders that you work with right now uh, who are hopefully great leaders, or just reflect on the leaders who you've worked for in the past, what was it about them that kept you engaged and kept you energized, kept you wanting to do the things that are required and you know will deliver the results, not just for yourself, but also for the team? So what is it about them as individuals, and what is it about the way they lead that creates that environment where you do feel energized and engaged? And if you don't feel that, why is that? What is it about the environment that's created by the leader that you don't feel engaged because all of that is going to be a lesson for you. Now, this is something we spoke about at length over the last couple of days, and what was interesting, a lot of the leaders in the room were talking about experiences where perhaps over the, especially over the last two years, where they have worked for organizations or leaders that perhaps were not necessarily the true definition of a leader, and that is one who inspires, who creates an environment of empowerment, encouragement, gives great feedback coaches, mentors, and all the things that we would typically expect to be associated with a great leader. These leaders, in many cases, seem to be quite dictatorial, quite command and control, uh, quite separated from the group, uh, and not necessarily there to build relationships. And it was quite confronting and quite challenging for a number of these leaders because these environments, they hadn't necessarily been used to. And yet, these provided phenomenal lessons for these leaders to understand what it is and what it was that doesn't motivate them, that doesn't inspire them, that they can then take and implement into their own leadership to, in many cases, exponentially improve their own levels of influence within their teams and also the teams are going to lead into the future. So I want to talk about this from the context of there's a lot of leaders out there that believe, you know what, especially in sales, in sales leadership, they almost try to move towards this rock star status. They think that I want to be famous. I want to actually get to a position where I've got the status, I've got the prestige, I might have the income, doesn't always equate to that, but I want to be famous and I want to create a huge following of raving fans where I've got my team and everybody associated with my team literally worshipping my every move. Now, what tends to happen with these type of people is, and this is a gross generalisation, I know, but I've seen it, so I'm going to put it out there anyway. Often these people are driven by huge egos, and they're often driven based on their own personal motivation and what they potentially can get out of the relationship, the title, the position, the influence, the power. So they don't make it all about their team. Often, they'll make it all about themselves. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with creating supporters. In fact, we all need supporters, and our whole objective when we become become leaders, and if you want to extend our leadership and create a leadership legacy, we have to create a strong uh, army, if you like, of supporters and strong supporters. However, the way these leaders go about it, and really when you think about it, I probably even shouldn't be using the term leader for them because it's a little bit disparaging to real leaders. Uh, The way they go about it is they want to create this huge gap because they make it all about themselves and not about their team. So as a rock star, um, a lot of people want to have this mystique and this illusion around, around them. So it's very hard to be close to them or to get access to them. And this is the key point. When we're trying to create raving fans, and this is where a lot of sales leaders make the mistake in that all they want to do is have raving fans where people literally worship their every move, they create this huge gap between themselves and their team which only continues to get wider and wider as their visibility gets lesser and lesser to the point where they almost become untouchable. Now, I've seen it happen many, many times where the leader and it could be a, a senior sales leader, it could be a sales director that does the royal tour. They'll do the royal tour and it's almost like, oh, the national sales director is going to be in town on this day. So let's make sure we have a welcoming committee. Let's make sure we roll out the red carpet. Let's have a town hall. Let's have a preconceived and fully manufactured morning tea or lunch where the leader can, quote unquote, press the flesh or meet the leader have your photograph with the leader, and it's this this environment of rock star status that's created. And guys, it's bullshit. It is absolute and utter rubbish. And this is what happens with a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of leaders and a lot of companies in that they put their leaders on such a high pedestal and out of the way, they are less and less visible. And their hope and their desire, and in many cases, their entire purpose, is to try and create... Uh, love by absence or inspiration by absence or if we keep the leaders away from the raving fans or from the people, it means that the people will desire this leader even more. And when the leader is in their presence, it means that they'll have a a huge and even bigger level of influence. Well, it just doesn't work. Being a rock star might sound phenomenal, might sound really exciting, and in many cases it might sound really sexy, but it's not going to deliver the results that ultimately we need for the business to make it sustainable, nor is it going to create a legacy for your team to carry on what it is the work that you do. Instead we've got to do something else. And what we what we want to do instead is just instead of focusing on creating these raving fans and be that rock star and have this massive separation, how about we do something different and focus on creating friends? Now The term friends is an interesting one as well, and I don't want you to take this out of context because often people say, well, hang on, as a leader, don't I have to actually separate myself from my team, and I don't want to be too friendly, and therefore, we all want to be liked, and we all all want to belong to something, and I've seen it. many cases, leaders find a a bit of a challenge separating themselves from the pack, particularly if they've been placed in a position of leadership from or of a group that they were once a peer of, and I get that. Uh, What I'm talking about in the concept of the friends, it's about a desire to build genuine relationships. So as a leader, we know we have to actually sometimes have conversations that may be quite difficult, and sometimes those conversations will be with people who we have good relationships with and who we have been a friend of and hopefully are still a friend of. And so we might have a situation where you become a leader of a team, where you have been a peer, where you've had some great relationships, where you've gone through a lot together And you might have to find yourself having a conversation around performance or a difficult conversation, and that might be challenging for you. But that's okay because that's what leaders do, and we're prepared to do that. It comes down to what the intention is. So the core message out of today's episode is the concept of focusing on creating friends. Now, remember, it's not about this desire to be liked. It is about building genuine caring relationships because remember, a core element of trust is intimacy, which is caring genuinely for your team and building those great quality relationships, which is based on mutual respect. It's also focusing on one of those fundamental questions, one of the three fundamental questions that every single member of your team is going to be asking themselves about you. And the first question they're going to be asking is, does this leader care about me? Now, if you genuinely care about somebody, you're going to be building a friendship. But that friendship is not going to be the point where it starts to compromise the values you have for yourself, the standards you put in place, but also the values you have for your team and the standards and expectations you have for your team as well because you are prepared to have that conversation. Now, many times you can have really difficult conversations with friends because there is that bedrock of trust, because there is that bedrock of credibility, and because you've got that relationship, you can sometimes have those conversations. And this is what I want to get to. Get to a point where you can have these difficult conversations when it needs to happen. Because your intention is to help them. Your intention is to help them develop. Your intention is to create those footprints in the sand so people can follow. The legacy has actually been created. So how do we do this? Well, one of the key concepts I love that comes from John Maxwell is his concept where he talks about walking slowly through the crowd. Now, this comes from the fact that he's if you think about rock stars—he uh, is—he is a rock star, and certainly. A rock star in terms of leaders around the world, in terms of the knowledge and expectations, and I guess positioning around leadership in the world. He's the leader's leader. He's written more about leadership than probably anybody else living or not on the planet. He's written eighty-four books, done over thirty million plus copies of those books. He's just he's just a great expert and and a wise person when it comes to leadership. So the concept of walking slowly through the crowd is to stop and invest in your people. It is about building those genuine. Relationships so that people can ask themselves, Well, I this person genuinely cares about me, they're interested in me, they can help me, and I reckon I can trust this person and I will follow this person. That comes from the leader investing in quality time and in quantity of time with their people, that is, walking slowly through the crowd, building those relationships, and continuing to deliver value. Now, you compare that to what a rock star does when they finish a performance, they might do an encore, then they get an adulation from the crowd, they get might be a standing ovation, the crowd goes wild, and then they get off stage. What a great leader will do is what a great performer will do, what a great person who is a rock star who's focused on creating friends, not necessarily just raving fans, is they'll come out and actually start to mingle amongst the crowd, they'll walk through the crowd, they'll talk with their fans, they'll spend time with their fans, they'll take photos with their fans. They will actually do autographs and all that sort of stuff because they're building relationships. And this is the concept of the friends versus fans I want to get through on this particular episode is about building those relationships and continuing to invest in your people. So how do we do this? Well, it means that from the concept of, and you take it away from the rock star status and the the rock stadiums and think about your environment right now. How visible are you? Do you walk slowly through your crowds? And that is, do you spend time with your team Not in formal situations, not in formal conversations, not in formal one-on-ones. Do you spend ad hoc time with them? Do you just walk and be visible to them? You don't have to have the agenda. You just have to be visible to them and present with them. Are you asking them great questions? Because when you can spend time with them, when you can interact with them, when you can have conversations with them, when you can provide them with insights, but also get feedback from them, provide feedback to them as well, you're going to start to bridge the gap between them and you, and any perception that people might have of the us versus them in terms of you being in management and them not is going to start to reduce significantly and in many cases end up dissipating because they're going to see you as one of them. Now, yes, we still have to have boundaries in place. Yes, we've still got to have standards of behavior in place, and I get that. So there has to be a level of professional respect. But the concept of being visible to your team, and I'll re- reinforce this, which I talk a lot about in the podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you heard me say this a lot, and that is the greatest gift you'll give to your team is the gift of your attention. So be visible, give them the, your attention, and be present with them. The other thing to think about as well is always place a 10 on the head of every single team member. Funny thing will happen is their level of potential will start to increase. You'll start to see them differently, which means you'll start to have conversations with them that might be different. You'll start to see a difference in their responses to you. You'll start to see a difference in their behaviors. And I can guarantee through that process, you'll start to see a difference in their levels of performance because it will start to go up. Why? Because you're focusing on the value you can deliver to them and the potential they have. And what you'll start to see is the results will play out where they will become, uh, in many cases, exceptional and well beyond the realms of what they even thought possible for themselves, all because... You invested in them, you invested in creating relationships, and in the process, you created friends. Now, a funny thing happens with that. Because you've been walking slowly through the crowd, because you've been focusing on those relationships, because you've been focusing on serving them and creating value, what you'll do is in the process, you will create raving fans. But the difference is the raving fans know that you are not out of touch, you're not out of reach, that you're with them. They don't have to completely rely on you, and this is the other key thing that a great leader will do is they will not create codependency. You will actually do it in such a way that people will start to think for themselves because you're going to empower them to make decisions for themselves and back their judgment, and that is what a great leader will do, and that is what will lead to exceptional results that become sustainable and replicable. So that is my desire for you, and that is my hope for you, that you start creating friends and not create raving fans simply because you want to be a rock star. So I trust that message hits the mark, I trust it helps you, and it also helps you in your uh, leadership quest to create phenomenal uh, leaders yourself, but also create a team that delivers exceptional results. And a key reminder before we wrap up. This episode, that if you are committed to taking your leadership to an exceptional level and you know there's another level of performance to get to and you're not quite sure how to break through that barrier, love the opportunity of working with you and helping you do just that over the next three months or so. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on the fabulous Zoom, have a conversation about what your situation looks like right now, how the team is performing, what leadership looks like now, what a great exceptional leadership looks like for you. And uh, let's put a plan together and help you get there in the next three months or so. So look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.